It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Aaron. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dallas Death Discussion for Monday night, April 17th, 2017. We're already a little past halfway through the month. It's uh, hard to believe, but as the old saying goes, time flies when you're having fun. And, of course, we're having so much fun, that's why the time is flying. I want to welcome everybody. I see John's with us tonight. Terry's with us, as you've just heard. How's John doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I hope you guys are. Good. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm still alive. I was breathing when I woke up this morning, and that's always a good start to any day for me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, when you you get really old, uh, you know, you appreciate that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, everybody... uh, I'm going to do a quick disclaimer, as I have to do and always do, and tell everybody that this is Dallas Debt Discussion. It's not a legal advice line. We don't give legal advice. We don't know what legal advice is. That's something that lawyers give. They're licensed to give it. So if you want legal advice, go find a lawyer, an attorney, and go get your legal advice because you're not going to get it here. Now, what we do is discuss, the, uh, in large part, the consumer protection statutes, uh, mainly the FCRA, uh, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the FDCPA, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, and the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. So uh, if you've got issues with these or you know, some others, you know, we've had uh, other people come on with other things, and we've had some very interesting and, and beneficial discussions of other things as well. But the main focus of what we do is helping to educate people not only on these consumer protection statutes, but on the proper use of the courts to enforce your rights under those statutes. The key word in what I just said there is proper, proper use of the courts, how to use them correctly so that you get the desired result that you want. Don't be a typical pro se and get beat on procedure. Don't be a typical pro se and have them looking down your no- their nose at you and going, oh, my God, not another one of these. Don't do that. Learn what to do the proper way, and then proceed. Okay, with that said, uh, we first start with good news all the time because we want to hear about the good things that are happening with people, Any anything from, you know, maybe... Uh, somebody arranging a a settlement for violations of their rights. Maybe they got a check. Maybe uh, they uh, had a good outcome in uh, some kind of a a motion situation if they're uh, in a a lawsuit. Uh, Who knows? It can come in many, many different ways. Uh, It can even come in the form of uh, somebody talking about uh, how they helped somebody else and how that person was successful along with their Uh, assistance, which is what we ask everybody to do. We don't get paid for doing this. 
I've been doing this almost eight years. In June, it'll be eight years. And uh, been with Jesse <clears throat> uh, in the website there uh, five years, six years, excuse me, six years this month. In fact, next week, it'll be exactly six years because those, uh, uh, well, no, actually, it's this week. It was April 18th of 2011 was the first time Jesse was on uh, my call and started describing things. And he was back on again on April 25th, six years ago. So, you know, it is right at six years of what we've been doing. We've come a long way, baby, as the saying goes. We started out with uh, uh, most of us with a rudimentary knowledge of things. Jesse had tremendous knowledge because he had been dealing with it for years. And the rest of us uh, jumped on the bandwagon and learned, and boy, have we learned, and boy, have we experienced, because John, Terry, myself, and a number of our members are all litigators. John, Terry, and I all have litigated in federal court to a fairly substantial degree. Uh, Some of us still are, and uh, I'm one of those. I have probably more federal lawsuits than any single person has ever had against the same entity, uh, although I couldn't get Guinness to uh, certify it. They said they don't do that, but I tried. But uh, the bottom line is, if you don't know your rights, you don't have any rights, and if you don't know how to use the courts, you don't have a clue on how to enforce your rights other than to go find an attorney, pay him a bunch of money, and then hope that they actually do the job that you hired them for, which unfortunately in many cases they do not do. So uh, the bottom line is we're here for education. This is free. If you're new, don't be intimidated, please. You'll hear a lot of stuff and think, oh, my God, these people really know a bunch about stuff as we have discussions about things. And, uh, you know, some people would think, well, I don't want to ask a question. This is a real simple question, and I don't want to sound stupid. No, the only stupid question is the one that you don't ask, as you've probably heard many times in your life. Ask a question, because there's new people coming all the time. The whole idea is to educate people. And we all started at the same place once upon a time. And that's at the beginning, knowing nothing. And if you're there or very close to that point, Well, we can appreciate that because we've been there, done it. It's just we're ahead of you in in, uh, our learning curve, that's all. That's all it amounts to. It's not that we're any smarter than you are. It's just that we've been at it longer than you have, maybe. And uh, if we can help you with things, that's our whole intent and purpose on being here. Uh, I do want to mention to everybody that tomorrow night is the off week for uh, the – well, eyes in your debt uh, calls on Blog Talk Radio, so there'll be no call tomorrow night. And courtesy of the <clears throat> internet situation with Terry in North Carolina, which she's still working to resolve, there will be no call Wednesday night. So this is the call this week, everybody. This is the one and only. So if you've got questions, uh, ask your question. If you know people that have got questions, well, Quick call them up and say, hey, you know, Dave's call tonight is the only one that there's going to be this week. If you got questions, come on in here because this is going to be it for the week. So uh, please uh, come forward if you have uh, questions or if you have comments. Now, 
we always start with good news. So if anybody has any good news, all you have to do is speak up. You don't have to hit star eight, which is what you do to put yourself in the queue once we go to Q&A. So if anybody has any good news, let's hear it. Oh, goodness. Goodness, every, everybody's crawling all over the place. All right, well, I have some good news. Um, last, uh, last week, uh, finally, on Friday, Good Friday, when I was not trading, uh, I have been very intense in my trading for uh, quite some time and uh, doing research on the markets. And over the past number of weeks, I have been getting calls from uh, a company where there would be nobody on the line or I kept getting the same recording that said, to listen to this message in English, please press 1. And then I think the other part was to listen to it in Spanish, press 2. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know for sure what the other thing said, but I, I'm going to assume that was it. Bottom line is, I got a number of these calls. I told them numerous times, quit calling this phone, quit calling this number, and of course this is my cell phone. And uh, finally, when I was not trading Friday, they called, and I was able to take the time and press 1. And I get music. I listened to music for a little while, and then a voice came on, a female voice came on, and I did understand when she said, Good morning, uh, Commonwealth Financial Systems. And I said, you know, you've been calling this number, and you need to quit. And she said something that I couldn't understand. And I said, what? I don't understand what you're saying. And she said something again. And I still couldn't understand her. So I told her, I don't understand. And then she said something else, and I, I wasn't sure. I think I heard something when I was listening to it about uh, Caroline. And I said, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. And she says, uh, okay, not a problem, and hung up. Now, of course, they're a debt collection company. They never gave me the mini Miranda. They never said, uh, you know, this is uh, this uh, call is from a debt collector. This is an attempt to collect a debt, and so on and so forth. So uh, they violated the FDCPA, and that was the 33rd call that I got from them. Now, I did not get a call today. Now, they hadn't been calling me every single day, but uh, I'm going to wait a couple more days and see whether I get any more calls. If I do not, then I'm going to assume maybe they finally figured it out when I talked to somebody and they took my number off the list. I don't know. I'm not going to assume that. I'm going to guess that might be the case, but uh, I'm going to give them through Wednesday and then after that, I'm going to send an email to the attorney for the company, uh, the law firm, that has represented them locally here in the past. And it happens to be an attorney that I know very well. So I'm going to send her an email and find out whether she still represents them, and if so, whether we can uh, maybe see if we can resolve these matters without a phone call, or I mean uh, uh, without a uh, lawsuit. And take care of the phone calls. So we'll find out what happens, but uh, it 
appears maybe I'm going to start getting some resolution. Oh, and there there was one day I did miss a trade last week because of these idiots. Just at the time that uh, the market got to a point where I was supposed to take a trade, the phone rang, and I have to get up because that phone sits over on the table. I have to get up and go over there, and I turned the recorder on and listened to it. And again, it was the recorded message and everything. And when I came back, the market had hit my price and, and moved back away from it. And if I had taken that trade in two and a half hours, I'd have made 400 bucks. So guess who's getting sued for the lost profits of $400? They can cough that up as well. And they deserve it. Exactly. Did you send them a debt validation letter? <laughs> no, they never identified myself until Friday, or themselves until Friday. No, I have not sent them one yet. Well, I mean, then if they didn't respond or anything, or they sent you a letter saying that you don't owe anything, then what would the calls be related to yeah. other than to harass you? Well, it, it definitely is harassment when all they give you is the recorded message or they call you and there's nobody there. You answer, hello, hello, mm-hmm. hello, is there anybody there? There's anybody talking to me. Click. So. Are you sure you got all the calls from them? Uh, it, all the same phone number. No, no, I think no, that's I, not I, what I meant. Yeah, I believe I got all of them. Documented. No, but I mean, there might have been some that didn't come through that they made, but, you know, you that'll don't know. Be, that'll come up in Discovery, won't it? Well, that was a leading question because I, I found something out recently that you guys probably already know, but it seemed interesting to me. You know, as as most people, unless they live under a rock, know we have a new president named Donald Trump. And, um, you know, the mainstream communist media has been trying to paint him being related to Russia. And apparently our former illustrious leader um, was investigating him, you know, wiretapping his phones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And But part of what came out in, in investigations is how they um, find out information for um, probable cause and stuff like that. And um, what I learned that I didn't know is there's one company that basically does all the compilation of records and and billing records for all the major phone companies. Oh, really? It's called it's called Amdocs, and they're headquartered in Israel. And some people have said that they actually might be part of what's called Echelon. But anyways, they're the ones that you can subpoena the records from because they compile the records for their clients, the phone companies. Uh They maintain all the records. Well, isn't that interesting? So when when AT&T or something wants it, they go to them. Exactly. Not just in the United States. Worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody got any doubts about what One World Order is all about still? (laughs) Um, well, John, it, the it, spelling it, on that, Amdocs, is it A-M-D-O-C-S. Okay. And um, if you just type in about like Amdocs phone records into Google, you'll come up, you know, there's a radio show, show guy named Jeff Rents that talks about how it all ties in with, you know, Obama uh-huh. and all that. 
other jazz. But there's yeah. also like CNBC and CNN that have covered it from different angles. I mean, yeah. this has come out a bunch of different ways that you know, not only from conspiracy side of things, but here's this company. And should they re- really be doing all this, have all this confidential information? Right. How interesting. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, invading the privacy of American citizens against our Constitution. Who in the hell do they think they are, right? Right, but outside of that, you know, there is there. I believe there is a way to do discovery before you file a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. A limited form of discovery, right. and before you filed a, a TCPA action, if you were able to subpoena records from Antox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? And don't you think that they would turn around and and let their client know? One would think that would. And might that help you get a resolution sooner? Because oh, when they find out you even know about them, they're going to think, "Wait a minute, this is not the ordinary guy here." Yeah. Well, not not only that. What happens when that type of stuff starts getting into the federal court system? And other people pick up on it. Uh Exactly. For every law, you know, and it's not just for TCPA. Um, You know, if you're suing for FDCPA and you're trying to get those Bates records they don't want to give you. Well, you know, I don't think that a third party can hide as easily as, you know, Midland. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Because Midland can't object to the contents of a third party's data. And what if, and what, you know, some of us have dealt with the fact that they alter their Bates records. What would happen if their vendor's record showed something completely different? Oh, yes. All sorts of possibilities there. So it just makes a very, very interesting, interesting thing. Uh Uh-huh. To consider. Yeah. It really does. Well, yeah, like I say, as far as the phone calls I got, it, uh, I believe that I I pretty much got all of them because, you know, the uh, the phone is here or it's in my pocket if I go somewhere. And uh, they uh, Yeah, they but, you know, if you, tell the, if you tell the judge you believe something, that doesn't hold mm-hmm. up. You know, you could have information and belief. Oh, oh and, yeah. Well, uh, if, you know, yeah. Belief is like assuming, and you might assume you had, you know, 20 calls, and you might have had 40. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave that low-hanging fruit, you know, out to rot. Oh, yeah. No, we, I mean, you know, we talk about that all the time, doing discovery. You know, even if you think that you've got uh, documentation of all the calls that maybe you have gotten, and you you have a TCPA lawsuit or something, you always want to do discovery, because you may find out there's a whole lot more out there than you realize. Yep. So, you know, they, uh, you know, you could have, maybe you documented a bunch of calls from two different numbers, and uh, it may have been that uh, they called you from two other additional numbers at a different point in time, maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago, and guess what? Those were uh, potential violations as well, and you can still go after them because they're within the four-year statute of limitations. 
Right. And your phone records aren't what matters as much as the outbound, their phone records, because they initiated the call. And whether you answered or not doesn't matter. The fact that they called you. That's right. It's the, the making of the call that creates the violation. Right. It, it doesn't right. have to make your phone ring, and you don't have to answer it. Yeah, they could have had a system error, and it tried four times in a row. And That's um, what happens with this company. Discrete violations. Yeah. I got four phone calls at 10.30 a.m. one day, four distinct individual calls, and they're all individually shown on my cell phone. Nice. Then I got a fifth one at 1.30 in the afternoon that day. <laughs> That's enough so, to give you a headache. Oh, yeah. Well, it rang once before I could answer to quit. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Well, then it started rang again. And it rang just one time. And I'm like, what kind of crap is this? You know, so I'm I'm coming back to my chair, and it starts ringing again a third time. I'm like, this is baloney. Before I could answer it, it stopped. And then it started again and rang two times, and then it quit again. Mm. And how many calls in a day is considered harassment? <laughs> More than one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So, anyway. Like you well, said, it's news. the making of the call. So anyway, that's my good news. Uh, now, we've had some other people that have uh, come on, and, and thank you very much for that information, John. That's A-M-D-O-C-S. Yep. Amdocs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, go do a little Googling. Read about that, everybody. Oh, Mark. yeah. I'd love yeah. to do some Googling. Yeah, well, when you get to the library, Terry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to see if there's anybody else out here that has any good news. We've had some more people come on the call. If anybody's got any good news, go ahead and speak up. Let's hear it. Hello, Dave. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm the gentleman that uh, was telling you guys about the, uh, the ECMC. Uh, yeah, the going student loan? Yes, my student with the student loan. Not your student okay. loan, the student loan that uh, with some, with somebody loan, fabricated. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I've, I've, I've been playing nice with them uh, because I basically was uh, getting them to send me as much discovery information as I could possibly get before I approached them with the notice of intent to sue and uh, seeking settlement for, for the violation that they've done. Now, mm -hmm. I received a uh, letter on April the 14th. It said, Dear Mr. Stupid Senior Citizen, this is in response to your inquiry directed to Educational Credit Management Corporation. As you are aware, ECMC was inadvertently directing our collection efforts to your attention for a student loan account belonging to another individual using your Social Security number. Based on the documentation you provided, we have removed your Social Security number from the account and from our records and are in the process of refunding the offsets that were received. We apologize for any inconvenience and frustration this issue caused you. Well, isn't wow. that a huge step in the right direction? Really? And they, they, they sent one of the, one of the uh, 
withdrawals back. I've gotten a check from that, and uh, and they they are in the process of sending the other one. Okay, uh, I don't know if uh, on the first of May they are going to uh, access it again or not. But in but in any event, um, you know I I've done I've done my niceties. I've gotten these letters from them. I've gotten three communications from them. And of all of those communications, there was nothing in reference to uh, Minnie Miranda. And uh, as I told you before, the this uh, promissory note doesn't have my name, but it has this other individual, this other individual's name. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, now I know that I have. Well, that's that's the good news. The fact that that process is done and it's over. You know, I'm going into phase two now, which is which is I'm going on the attack with them. Right. You know, I know that um, I don't I don't have. I don't believe I have a FCRA violation. I know I have FDCPA violation. And I know that I have because I'm in Louisiana, uh, deceptive trade practice. You know, and the and the good thing about that is in this state, the deceptive pra- trade practice, uh, the penalty is uh, five thousand dollars per violation. Oh wow! Well, that's good. Yeah, that's so real that's, good. Yeah, so that's that's my good news is the fact that uh, you know they have acknowledged that they done that they've done me wrong. Uh huh. And um. I'm just going after them now. Yeah. Well, very good. Very good. And uh, you're going to have a little more money in your pocket to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. You know, I know you've been uh, uh, going back and forth with them for uh, uh, a few weeks here. Yeah. And uh, at first you weren't getting too far, and then uh, uh, things seem to be starting to move in a little bit more favorable direction. Obviously, uh, somebody figured out, boy, they screwed up something big time here. Yeah, Uh, I sent them them, uh, uh, my driver's license and a copy of my Social Security card. And I I informed them, you know, that is the the information they should have gotten from this other individual because it's impossible for that individual to have my Social Security number or my Social Security card. Yeah, you know, or, or, uh, a license that's uh, that validates that that personal information that they were utilizing was my was theirs and not mine. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, I, what I was thinking. Well, I, I'm, I'm, that's that's my good news. I'll get back on because I have a couple of questions I need to ask. Okay. Well, if, if go ahead with your question as long as you're on here, because uh, we we didn't have anybody else. If there's anybody else, we'll get them in for good news as well. But as long as we're on on this and uh, the subject is up, go ahead and ask your questions. Okay. Now I have the um, I know I have FDCPA violation, and um, I know I have the deceptive trade practice. Now. What I'm, what I, what I was thinking about is, is a RICO violation. What do you think in reference to that? Don't go. Don't do anything with RICO. You're not, you're not competent to handle that. That's biting off more than you can chew. Very honestly. None of us. I agree. 
I mean, we'd like to do that because it can put them in hot water, but um, it, you don't you don't know enough about RICO is something uh, all in itself. It's not something to take lightly. It isn't, oh, well, you know, I'm going to file a RICO suit because they could bring a lawyer in and very potentially blow you out of the water real quick on the RICO end of it. Uh, you know, with a motion to dismiss the the RICO claims and stuff, and then uh, you may get stuck with the uh, uh, the legal bills for that, which I don't think you want. No, not at all. No, so no, I I wouldn't go with that. It, the the kiss principle is a real good thing here. Keep it sweet and simple. Do okay. your FDCPA, your UDAP. You know, there's some pretty good money behind that and stuff, but uh, don't don't. I don't think it's wise to to go out and venture into something that you just don't have the knowledge of. We don't have the knowledge of the RICO stuff. You know, John doesn't, Terry doesn't, I don't. So that's something I I think I would stay away from. The only time I would see RICO coming into things is if you have a good, competent attorney that has experience in that, that you know actually. The only way I would do it is if I could nail... Midland on it, and I would use the case written by Len Bennett to do it, and I wouldn't recommend anybody else try it. I would recommend they let me be the guinea pig. (laughs) And if I ever get the chance... Yeah, chances are you're not going to get that. Chances are probably (laughs) not, but I tell you what, I would jump on it if I could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the only reason I was considering it because there was, because there was, there was so many parties involved. You have the uh, the ECMC, you have Pioneer, uh, you have their parent company Naviat. You have, uh, I mean, even even the IRS got their nose in it because they can't, they couldn't get into um, my Social Security account. They had to go through the IRS to do so, or through the Treasury Department anyway. Yeah, but you couldn't. You can't do anything with RICO against them anyway. Okay. But here again, here again, it's all, it's all about you know, if you're going to move a case forward, you have to know how to do it. You have to have right. the knowledge and the expertise. And uh, I I don't believe you do uh, on the RICO. We don't, and I I think I can safely say you don't as well. So right. um, I wouldn't go there. Okay, I appreciate that. Sure. We don't want to see people jump into a bowl of doo-doo, you know, unnecessarily. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I'm tickled to death to hear your good news on, uh, on getting stuff straightened out and get your money back and everything. That's that's good. You know, they, they screwed up. They admitted it. But now they can pay the price for their screw-up, too. Maybe it will be an incentive for them to be a whole lot more careful in the future with people. Absolutely. There you go. And that's the, you know that's the whole thing, everybody. When we stand up for our rights, we are protecting our rights. And when we take money out of their pocket, what are we doing uh, besides you know being compensated for the harm we uh, uh, had done to us? We are trying to change their behavior. If we cost them enough money through litigation, it's going to force a change in how they do things, the debt collection industry as a whole. And we've we've already had 
an effect on them. They are making changes. And uh, it's because, uh, in part, because of all the lawsuits that have come from the people that are members of uh, Jesse's website. Because there's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits filed. Just from our group. Many hundreds. And there's been a lot of money paid out. So that all has an effect. And it's a cumulative effect. And that's the whole idea of what we're doing. So anyway, thank you again. Love your good news. Thank you, Dave. All right. Now, does anybody else have any good news they want to share with us tonight? If so, just go ahead and speak up. Okay, I'm not hearing anybody speaking. So what we're going to do is go to Q&A. If you have questions for us tonight, hit star 8 on the keypad in your phone, and that will put you in the queue. And the first one we have up is Central California. You are unmuted. Go ahead. Central California, are you with us? Hello, Dave. Oh, there you are. Oh, sorry, I had you on mute. Um, okay, so I'm coming back to my question now. I was just trying to remember it. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, I was I pressed star eight a while back, but okay, I have star eight trying to collect. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Meeting and trying to. Excuse me. Okay, I, I have common gather your thoughts. Gather yeah. your thoughts. Okay. Yeah, I have common wealth. The ones, the same ones that are calling you, trying to collect um, an alleged student loan, and uh, you know, I sent a debt validation letter. Actually, two of them because uh, the first one they sent, you know, would look or appear to be copies, and then the second response was, it wasn't even from them. It was from um, the student loan place. So. I know that doesn't constitute validation, but I'm just unfamiliar with the situation only because I've had, you know, I can't even count how many other times I've I've done this and e- they either don't respond or they do respond with less information than what I got from these guys. So, um, well, the, the you, first thing is, the first thing is, if you uh, demand validation from A, you're supposed to get validation from A, not from B, C, D, all the way to Z. Okay. Yeah, and I found that I did find that odd because you know it came directly from the loan place, and they basically were responding to my second uh, second request. And um, well, but you didn't make a request to them. You made a request right. to Commonwealth. So right. you are wanting validation from Commonwealth, not another party. Correct. And this is, uh, I, I mean, to the average consumer, this is going to be like, oh, well, they, you know. But I, that's what I thought, and um, their trade line is still reporting it. I'm sorry, reporting, and I've disputed, uh, you know, the trade line probably about three or four different times. And then I got the two uh, requests for validation, which which was not validated properly. So, um, Well, you made a demand for validation from common, uh, to Commonwealth to begin mm-hmm. with, right? 
Right. Okay. What did what did they send you, if anything, as alleged validation? Um, well, what I did get was, and, and uh, I probably looked this over a month ago, but it was not from um, Todd Zero Balance to what's, um, you know, the statement, what makes up the statement. That's why I sent the second one out because I know that's not validation when they don't send, uh, you know, from zero to current. Right. Uh, and that's when I got the uh, second um, re reply from the uh, student loan, which was very odd. And I thought, you know, well, you know, aren't they, uh, this is this like a government agency or something or, you know, it can be a little confusing for, uh, you know, some of us here because, you know, it is a, uh, student loan, and I know those are a little bit more, <clears throat> more. Well, like they, a, they get they get passed around and sold and stuff uh, like other loans do. The uh -huh. you know the the biggest thing for you is if you made a second demand for validation to Commonwealth, who is actually trying to collect from you, then your response is supposed to come from Commonwealth. Right. If it doesn't come from Commonwealth, Commonwealth has not validated. End of story. Okay. Yeah, that gives me the green light then. So, um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, they've got some, I think there's like some hard inquiries. So uh, they can't uh, use the soft inquiry crap on me. And... Um, that trade line's still on there, so it, it looks like I have three violations there. Yeah. Well, or, what happened? What happened when you uh, disputed with the CRA? They gave me the normal. Well, they actually have a few normal responses nowadays, but basically, to contact the uh, original creditor or you know the one reporting it, they they um, yeah, they they were pretty hard headed for that. Well, no, no, you're you're getting away from my question. My question is, what happened when you disputed with the CRAs? Oh, well, they didn't do anything. It's it still remains. They said, well, no, no, they did something. They didn't. Mm -hmm. Don't say they didn't. They uh, they didn't do anything. It, it, they they replied to you and said it's verified and and remains on your report. Is that it? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else they would put. I mean, that's usually the big thing they put is that it's verified. Please contact the original creditor. Um, and that's all I get. It seems like... Well, now, Terry, what specifically should he do? I was putting Haley to bed. Okay. <laughs> so I missed that. Okay. Um, he uh, has got a student loan situation. Uh, believe it or not, the same company that's been calling my cell phone is calling him about a student loan. And he did demand for validation. They uh, didn't validate properly. And then he did a, a second demand, and he got uh, information from uh, somebody else. Now, he said they've also got trade lines and uh, information as well as hard polls in his credit report. And uh, I asked him if he disputed. He said yes, and they said it came back uh, as verified. So 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, <clears throat> the information that's in there, first of all, is it correct? Well, no, because it wasn't uh, properly validated, for one, which had that's me... Got, no, that's got nothing to do with... Right, because I did... Dis- um, I did uh, disputed before the validation, so you're yeah, you're uh, correct. Um, no, no. Wait a second. Wait a second. No. Listen carefully to Terry's question. Terry, ask it again. I said, "Is the data in the trade line correct?" That's a yes or a no question. Okay. Well. Um, I'm going to say no because it's just been too long and I don't know. I really don't know. So, I mean, well, I would like no, some information. No, that's the wrong answer. You can't okay. say it's, it's been too long and I don't know because uh-huh. if it is yours, if the debt does belong to you, mm-hmm. okay, and they were assigned to collect it from the original creditor and obviously when you dispute, dispute it, their first first move was to send your, your demand for validation to to send that demand to the original creditor, which would indicate that they were assigned to collect it. And if that is the case, they can have that trade line in there, and they would have a permissible purpose to pull your credit report. Well, they can have that trade line in there as long as the specific information within that trade line, like if it's a dollar amount, is correct. Am I not uh, correct, Terry? Yes, you're right. However, the only grounds you have to go after them is that the data is incorrect and they failed to investigate it properly. But if you don't have the information to show that it's incorrect, how it's incorrect, definitively, how are you going to argue it in a court? You can't okay. just say, I, it, I don't know that it's incorrect and they didn't, they didn't validate it. Well, apparently, they're going by what the original creditor said, and the original creditor sent you the verification rather than or the validation rather than the collection agency, and that is common with a uh, third-party contingency debt collector. So I would be very careful going forward unless you can ascertain what the truthful data is to compare it to what's in there. Right. And that's why I gave you a, you know, and the answer I did in the beginning is because, for one, it wasn't validated properly, and uh, two, um, well, I mean, you know, I'm allowed to ask for, I'm allowed to dispute it and don't, no, you know, don't give me. of course you're allowed to dispute. You can dispute anything you want all day long, mm-hmm. every day, 20 times a day if you want to, until they stop you, you know. That has nothing to do with, first of all, the validation issue has nothing to do with the credit report. It has nothing to do with credit reporting. Right. That's yeah, I'm talking about the That's a CCPA, and that's a, t- a completely different issue altogether. Okay? Now, that's not to say you don't have an FDCPA case 
if they can't validate it. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't have anything to do with what you disputed in the F- with, with, uh, under the FCRA with the credit reporting agency. So how can you say they failed to investigate or the data is incorrect if you don't know what the truthful data should be? This is well. This is new to me then, because I thought they had to send me what I requested, you know, you know, and that is. Um, what did you request? Uh, to to a T, I got to actually go to my room and look at the document. But in the uh, well, the document in the um, in the dispute letter, but I mean, they said it was verified. So I mean. Uh, I guess. No, uh, no wait a minute. You're jumping over to the credit report now. Right, yeah, because the FDCPA doesn't apply to this, right, Terry? That's what we're talking about here, the 1681. Right, I asked you, what did you request from them? Okay. Um, I would take up a lot of time if I went, because I'm, I'm outside right now, and i, I got to go to my room. Um, Jay. You're saying they didn't send you what you requested in your dispute, but I don't know what you requested. Okay. The only thing they have to do, okay, when you when you file a dispute, and it really doesn't matter if it's uh, the dispute is this isn't my account, or this was paid off, or this amount is incorrect, I don't owe that much. The only thing that matters to the credit reporting agency and their responsibility under the law is that you filed a dispute. You sent them a valid reason for your dispute, and all they have to do is notify the furnisher, whoever that may be, whether it's the original creditor or collector or whomever, of your dispute and request that that furnisher to investigate and respond back to them. Then, depending on what that response is, they have certain duties under the law to either accept what they say if they say it's verified as verified and report back to you that that's the result, or if they have reason to suspect that it's incorrect, like they, for instance, they know it's a junk debt buyer and they know a junk debt buyer can verify it, then they have reason to believe that it is incorrect and therefore they should remove it. Yeah, I but, think there's a mixing of things here, Terry, though, because he's, mm-hmm. he's also talking about validation, which, of course, this is, that's under the FDCPA. Right. So I think you, there's a little confusion here in, in, in what's going on because uh, he made a demand for validation, but they haven't validated. And, and he's thinking that enters into the situation with the credit report. But it does. No. And it does no, not. No, no. No, that's done. I'm not trying to okay. intertwine things. But I did send a, you know, a dispute letter to uh, the CRAs, and I I got the response that it was verified. So, see, and I didn't know they could just send you that and and that's it. And you got to, um, 
But okay, uh, no, that's not necessarily it. If and this is a big if. If you know that the information contained in that trade line in your credit report is not accurate, and you know that for whatever reason, it could be a million of them, and they send you a response back as verified, you know for a fact they could not have done a reasonable investigation or they would have found that it was inaccurate. But in this case, you say you don't know if that data is accurate or not. So you don't know if you have um, grounds to claim failure to investigate for either the CRA or that collector or the original creditor. You don't know. Right, yeah, because it's been since 2009, and the part that... I know that Dave's uh, saying that I'm, I'm mixing in is with I and I am thinking that the CRAs. Well, I was thinking that the CRAs had, you know, the same uh, duty to uh, give um, uh, to verify, you know, things. You, you mean to provide evidence? There you go. No, so, well, they do not. Basically, that the reporting, uh, yeah. whatever the reporting is accurate under no. AI or IA and. No, that's not IA. IA is only their requirement to perform a reasonable investigation. Okay? The CRAs never, ever are obligated to provide evidence of any kind. The only thing they have to give you, if you ask for it, is a description of their uh, procedure in investigating your dispute and a copy of your credit file if you ask for it. That's the only thing they're obligated to give you. Now, as for their requirement to take every precaution that the data contained in a consumer's credit report is accurate, you have no private right of action on because that falls under S2A. Right. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go after them anyway, or the CRAs at least, because I mean, I just—it's kind of rare that you—I've heard any stories about the pro se going after the CRAs. If anything, I'm just going to go after the collection agency. But uh, the CRAs aren't holy. The only reason yeah. I didn't include them is because my case was huge to start with, and I was fighting a three-headed beast already, three defendants. And I was green at the time and did not have the expertise to take on six defendants with big guns and deep pockets at the same time. That's the only reason I let them skate. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like me. I mean, if I were to move forward anyway, I mean, I'm still no way. Uh, they'll probably hire, a, you know, somebody big out there, and I'm just not so good anyway uh, dealing with the FCRA. But... Uh, that answers my question. I, I'm sorry about the beginning. I was um, I was eating. No, and don't, I was... don't be sorry. Oh, that's right. this, no problem. this is how you learn. <laughs> the FCRA, the problem with the FCRA is, is not that it's complex. It's that it's too damn simple. Okay? Uh-huh. Even the lawyers and the judges don't get it because it's just plain too simple. 
and they're not used to that. And neither are we. We look for, we tilt windmills, we, we look for problems where they don't exist, we look for complication that isn't there. It's very straightforward, it is very unconvoluted when you really get down to what's contained in the areas of the FCRA for which we have private right of action. It is sublimely simplistic. But the courts and other cases have traditionally folded, spindled, and mutilated it so much that that just feeds into the idea and the common misconception that everything's complicated. It really isn't, not nearly as much as the FDCPA or even the TCPA, for that matter. So, but this is how you learn. Right. Um, yeah, and that's, that's good information. I'm glad I asked because sometimes, you know, some of us go on these, uh, these com- you know, we're doing these complaints blind. But um, so far I haven't had any, um, you know, serious uh, fighting back. You know, I've always been really uh, um, reasonable and they've been reasonable. <clears throat> but well, and it's uh, good that, that you've been had that experience. You know, you never know when you're going to run into somebody though that wants to really give you a hard time. That that can happen. Yeah, and you can't you can't fall into the trap of becoming complacent, and expecting them all to be easy, because sooner or later you're gonna you're gonna get the bear in the trap. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know it's coming. Uh, and they're well, done that. <laughs> I've had I've had lots of easy settlements, but I've had a few bears in the trap too. Yeah, they're not all rabbit snares. No. This last suit, which uh, real quickly um, I just did, was for I just settled for twenty twenty grand on this one. So the check's actually on its way, and that's the oh, very good. last suit. Yeah, for TCPA. Um, Fantastic. But real, yeah, real quickly though, Terry, I got a question for you on this one. Uh, so I sent out a demand for validation to the CRAs. I remember we were talking about this. And it's coming up on 47 days, and they haven't responded. Uh, I know they have 45 days, and uh, this one they're just ignoring for the first time here, and it's um, catching me a little off guard. I, I know this is very new. It, it, to the, you sent it to who? The CRAs? Okay, it's a dispute. And did you get any response at all? None. <laughs> well, did, that is Did you dispute online? No, I did this okay. in writing. Okay. All right, now I wouldn't pounce on them on 47 days because no. they, they could get in, you know, an easy out. Uh, the mail was slow. They sent it to you, blah, blah, blah. I would not kick that sleeping dog until it mm. got to 60 days. And then I would file an IA on them in a heartbeat. Okay. Yes. Failure to respond. Mm-hmm. I've never had this done to me before, and this is the first time, so uh, I just thought I'd ask. But uh, all right, I'll just wait and see. Um, yeah, give it a little time. 
Yeah, and I'll keep you guys updated. Hopefully, okay. uh, hopefully they respond. Hopefully not. If not, then well, try to. Yeah, the point is they could e- they could easily weasel out of it at forty seven, even fifty days. You know, but sixty days and they didn't respond at all because normally if they're if they're going to take the forty five days as opposed to thirty, they are supposed to notify you mm-hmm. that they are conducting an investigation. And you should receive your response within 45 days. But, right. And that's why I asked you if you got any response at all, you see. Well, but, you got you to remember one other thing, too. If you're going by the date that you mailed it to them rather than the date they received it, mm-hmm. you know, you could have, you know, a few days mailing getting there and a few days mailing getting back because – it it doesn't say they have to have the response in your hand within 45 days. It just means that they have to respond within 45 days of their receipt. So if they didn't get it till five days after you mailed it, and then they respond within 45 days and it takes another five days mail, that Mm -hmm. actually right there could be up to 55 days from the date that you mailed it. That's why I would wait 60. Right. And the, and this is beautiful because um, it it seems to me that your dispute has slipped through the cracks, okay? Mm-hmm. And that that easily happens because now these disputes are routed to third world countries. They're not mm-hmm. even they're not even dealt with here. And um, you've got people overseas in Pakistan and different places. <coughs> excuse me. Most of them don't even speak English, and they're paid whatever their minimum wage is over there, which is why they do it. And so it's common. And the fact that you did not receive notification that they were going to investigate and use their 45 days is an indication to me that it's one that has fallen through the cracks. So I would wait the 60 days which puts them beyond any kind of reasonable excuse because they didn't even notify you they wanted 45, and then I would nail them on the IA. And they probably will not fight you on it because they okay. know, you know, that that one is just, it, it's an easy win. They're caught with their pants down, and if they're reasonable, it won't cost them as much as if you have to drag them to court. I would send the uh, notice of intent in 60 days and maybe attach a complaint to it. Okay. Yeah, I've sent hundreds of these out probably in the last three years, almost four years, and this is the first one that's has gone quiet. Yeah, this dog oh. is napping. Let him snore first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll keep you updated and I'll call back with some information. But uh, thank right. you for the response. You bet. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. If you have a question for us, please press star 8 on the keypad in your phone. That will put you in the queue because you know what happens if nobody raises their hand. We're not here to just spend two hours uh, talking about whatever uh, our main purpose is being here to help people, and if people don't have questions and need assistance with things, 
then we can wrap things up. And you know, I'm a little surprised that we don't have any more questions coming up because this, again, is the only call this week. As I mentioned early on in the call, there is no call tomorrow night. It is the off week on the Tuesday night calls. And, of course, Terry is still in uh, Nowheresville as far as Internet goes and unable to do her call, so she will not be doing a call again this Wednesday. So tonight is, so to speak, the last hurrah for the week. Now, of course, all the members have got access to the uh, the forum, and you can post questions on there and get answers and stuff. You don't have to wait till uh, next week. But uh, if you've got questions you want to discuss on the phone, this is the time to bring those up and uh, be able to discuss this and get the answers because if you don't do it tonight you're going to be waiting another week because the next time we're going to have a call is Dallas Step Discussion next Monday night on the 24th. So uh, in fact that one will be the last one in April. That's hard to believe. We got we got one more Dallas Death discussion in April. The next one after that would be the first of May. It's amazing, but uh, I don't see anybody sticking a hand up uh, again for any new people that are with us. If you've got questions and you you're a little timid, uh, think may sound stupid. Whatever you do, don't hold back a question because that's being stupid. Uh, if you don't get an answer, then you don't get information you need, and you, you aren't able to learn what you're trying to learn. So, uh, well, I, again, I have a a little bit of interesting trivia for everybody. Okay, something that was odd and absolutely hilarious last night. The word epiphany. Okay, if I say to you, Dave, I've had an epiphany. Oh wow! What? would that mean to you? Um, <clears throat> if you said that to me, that you have like a revelation, something, uh, a discovery of something. Like a light bulb moment. Yeah, an okay. aha moment type of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, that is the common use of that word, very common, um, to say I've had an epiphany or so-and-so had an epiphany. So on and so forth. Last night was my son's birthday, and we're all sitting around the table on this back uh, deck playing a game. And my son said, Mom, I've had an epiphany. And before he could tell me what that epiphany was, his son, who was 14, said, What's an epiphany? And I pointed in the house, at the library, meaning you know where the dictionary is, go look it up. So he said, okay, how do you spell it? Well, Haley was sitting next to me, and she said, it starts with E-P-I. Now, she's eight, okay? So he goes in, and he gets the dictionary, and he comes out, and he's spelling it E-P-I-F-A-N-Y and can't find it. And finally, Haley says, it's not an F. So then he gets it. It's a PH. He finds epiphany. My son said, okay, you found it. Now read the definition. 
So he began to read out loud, and I don't remember word for word, but it, this was what it said. Now, this is in Webster's Dictionary, okay? He also checked Funk and Wagnalls. Um, it said that it is a Christian celebration uh, on uh, for the resurrection of Jesus, the Christ of the genitals, he said. Well, we just all cracked up and said, no, son, that's not what it says. Read it again. So he did, and he said, Jesus, the Christ of the Gentiles. So finally we said, Gentiles, dear. That's what it says, Gentiles, after we get this good laugh. So my son says, read on, thinking, well, that's one definition. There has to be, you know, the light bulb moment and and, uh, revelation and all that sort of thing. No, that's all it says in both dictionaries. So I sent him in to my office to get Black's Law Dictionary and check that. So he looked it up in Black's Law, and that is the only definition in there. So apparently, epiphany has been misinterpreted, misdefined, and misused for an exceedingly long time. Interesting. Isn't it? So I'm very curious to know if anybody's got a dictionary, any version of a dictionary that has an alternate definition for epiphany other than the celebration of uh, a Christian celebration of the resurrection. Well, well, well the, in, according to Black's Law, it's the Gentiles deal, right? Yeah, yeah. But what are most of the lawyers? <laughs> yeah. Jesse says it straight out, so but your laugh says enough. <laughs> I know. Not there, God. Now, isn't it really interesting? It is. Because when okay. we generally when we use the word epiphany, we are not in any way referencing a, a Christian celebration. Yeah. Well, here I uh, dictionary.com of course, you know, I'm sitting in front of the computer. Noun, uh, plural, a Christian festival observed on January 6th commemorating the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles in the persons of the Magi, 12th day. Okay, that's one. Two, an appearance or manifestation, especially of a deity. Three, a sudden intuitive perception of or insight into the reality or essential meaning of something, usually initiated by some simple, homely, or commonplace occurrence or experience. And four, a literary work or section of a work presenting, usually symbolically, such a moment of revelation and insight. So, you know, number two, an appearance or manifestation especially of a deity, and then the next one is but you uh, only found intuitive that, perception. You only found that online, not in a written dictionary or black book. Exactly. Now, That's on dictionary.com. Very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Hello. 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 Um, 
I got this uh, notice in the mail today. This is Mike. And it's regarding an LLC. And it says... What do you mean it's regarding an LLC? Well, it's regarding the debt of an LLC, and they sent it to me because I was supposed to be the top man in the LLC. Oh, okay. So you were a member. Yeah, SRA Associates Incorporated. It's from High Nella, New Jersey. It says current creditor, Ford Motor Credit Company, and then their collection account number. And then it says below our account number. An amount due $16,236.06. Then it says your account has been placed with this office for collection procedures. Uh, Please send the balance in full to SRA Associates. And then it gives the address. And for proper credit to your account, return this notice with your payment. So I'm supposed to send the balance in full to them. And then at the bottom it says, please make your money order payable to Ford Motor Credit Company, LLC. And then it says, this communication is from a debt collector attempting to collect the debt. Any information will be used for this purpose. And then it says, unless you notify this office, Within 30 days after receiving this notice, you dispute the validity of the debt or any portion thereof. This office will assume that that is valid. If you notify this office in writing within 30 days after receiving this notice that you dispute the validity of the debt or any portion thereof, this office will obtain verification of the debt or obtain a copy of a judgment and mail you a copy of such judgment or verification if you request this office in writing within 30 days after receiving this notice. That's the typical required language. Right, right, right. The office will provide you with this name and address of the original Mm -hmm. creditor. I'm kind of confused. Are they representing the original creditor, or are they a no, they are a debt collector. They're representing the original creditor, who is Ford Motor Credit. Right. Um, now, the problem that you have right mm-hmm. off the bat is this is a LLC, and you cannot represent the LLC. Okay. A, cor- a uh, corporate fictional entity like an LLC or a corporation has to be represented by an attorney. Mm. Now, okay. if if you want to send a uh, demand for validation in okay. the name of the LLC, uh, that's, mm-hmm. there's no problem with that. Okay. That's what I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. You can do that, but as far as any kind of representation on a legal basis, uh, like if if they were to sue or something like that, um, uh-huh. you would have to retain an attorney. You can't go and and you know file papers and speak for the uh, the LLC. Let's ask him a question, Dave. W- yeah. Was this a holding company or is this an entity that did business? Um, this is a that I can't tell you. So uh, it's just Philco LLC. That's how it was set up. It didn't say anything about a holding company. 
Well, does it do business or not? Or not anymore. It did at the time. Did it own a vehicle? Uh, yes, it did at the time, yes. And it had a loan on the vehicle? Yes. Did you have to sign his personal maker on the loan? Mm. They like they like to say that I am, but I didn't sign no papers. Well, who signed the papers? Uh, that was signed off when it was uh, when they were picked up in North Carolina. I was not even there. It was signed off by the operations manager, and he signed my name to it. The operations manager of your company. Yeah, signed signed my name to it. Didn't even sign his name. Didn't even put his initials after it. He can't sign and, your name. Uh, that's forgery. Well, unless well, he's got a power not, of attorney. That's not where I'm going. That's not yeah. where I'm going yeah. with this. So your name was put on a document that, as you being a personal maker. So in other words, it was like a co-signer on the loan. The LLC was responsible, but you were also, according to the paperwork. That's what they like to make me out. Yeah. Well, well, wait a second. But did they send you a Dunning letter also, or just the company? No, no, just the company. Just this is it. Just it just came today. Mm-hmm. Well, you might get one. Up. You might get one personally too. You never know. But you mean you mean but, the same type of letter? No, I never have. Okay, so. Is there any? Are there any assets in the company now? No. So it's insolvent. Right. So there's nothing for it to get. It can declare bankruptcy. Right. It can, or it can just sit there. There's nothing for yeah. them to go after. Exactly. So what they need to know, it's like a, a judgment-proof entity at the moment. <laughs> okay. Would you still do that that validation letter? I would. They might screw up. Okay. Well, I've got 30 days to do it. Now, do you recommend getting those out right away, or do you recommend waiting like about 20 days and make sure they have time to get it before the 30 days is up? Dave always got his out in the mail before the day was <laughs> over, the day he got it, yeah. back in the day when he used to get it. But, you know, tomorrow would be fine. Why wait? Yeah. Well, well, it'll be later on this week. I've got 30 days on it. Yeah, but know, see, but John, you know, you, we got to remember that uh, all this stuff has been aimed at the uh, uh, the LLC. Right, right. it LLC has been. Send them back a request for validation. Yeah. Right. And right. As, Terry, as Terry questioned me once, why should I send a debt validation letter? And then several Weeks or months later, she says, "Aha! Now I understand." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying don't send it. Uh, I'm just saying that the, any, any potential repercussions, they're coming after the LLC for something. The LLC has nothing. Uh, right. You still do the debt validation letter and, and mm-hmm. see what they come up with. But and, then you know you can send them the bad news later on and and let them know that the uh, LLC. Uh, excuse me, the LLC is uh, insolvent with no assets. Right. As they might correct. start calling the caller on his cell phone, you know, and then he's got TCPA violations. And there's no, you know, uh, John taught me a, a very important lesson, and I it ended up giving me an exceedingly enjoyable giggle. 
but um, there's absolutely no downside to sending a debt validation. That's right. And at, and at the very least, you are going to put their panties in an uproar and send mm-hmm. them into a confusion spin. And when they respond back, what did you send this for? We didn't bill you. We're not trying to collect anything. You just ignore You don't have to answer. And that gets their panties even more in an uproar, and they're in mass confusion. That's good. Yeah, I noticed there's nothing on my personal credit report regarding any of this stuff. Well, it's, it, it's just the liable party is the LLC, not you. Right, right, right. And the LLC, and then they're just contacting me because I was the member of the LLC. Exactly. Okay, so I just do about that validation letter, and if they get a notice of judgment, so be it. They can't really collect, they can't get blood from a turnip. Exactly, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, LLC is insolvent, no assets. Uh, and I think somewhere along the line, you know, I, depending on, on what they do, how they respond and stuff like that, I would uh, let them know on that. Mm-hmm. After the debt validation letter, correct? Well, yeah, you do the debt validation letter and see see what you get, see what kind of response you get. And we'll do that in the name of in the name of the LLC. I would do that in yep. the name of the LLC. Yes. I but would. I will have. Would, should I sign that in the name of the LLC and by my name, or just sign my name at the bottom, or not sign it, or what? You don't I, have what to sign it. Do? No. You can just put, put the name, name of the company. Right. Put the name, put the name of the company in the signature block, and there's no signature required. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be signing anything. In other words. Don't inject yourself into it. Look at it from the standpoint as they're talking to the LLC. You're just somebody that's sending them something on behalf of the LLC. That's all. Mm-hmm. You're just the, the body that's, uh, you know, performing a, a task, but the LLC is the is the uh, entity that they're dealing with, not mm-hmm. you. They did get the truck back, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, you know, that, that part was already done. Uh, it's just yeah. uh Business deal that went sour. Yeah. Well, that happens sometimes. Yeah. So in other words, the uh, what, you would do, what, uh, what you would do if you were me, let me rephrase this. It's just basically a new debt validation letter. Send it out to them, within, make sure they have it within 30 days and see what happens. And if they do a notice of judgment, well, it's not on me personally. No, they, okay. First of all, it's not that they have to receive it within 30 days. It's you have to send it within 30 days, okay? Okay. So just, just do it, okay? And then uh, there isn't – if they don't just go and uh, get a judgment. To get a judgment, they'd have to file a lawsuit against the LLC and go through the whole court procedure and everything to do that. And, of course – And when you- if, if the if the LLC doesn't have any assets, well, the LLC isn't going to stand up to court and dispute it, right? Uh huh. Right. Okay. So if they get a judgment against an entity that has no assets, what what have they succeeded in doing? Spending a bunch of money to get nothing. Right, right, which go, right. Which right. goes to my question, is it still active within the Secretary of State's records, or is it a dormant? It's dormant right now. So you, when was the last time the corporate fees were paid to the state? Mm, 
13, probably, and 13 or 14. So probably, if you look at your state records, the entity has been administratively dissolved. Okay, right. Yeah, so they're they're running into, you know, a dead end. Okay. You know, they're running into a dead end. If they come around after you personally, then you just hit them up with the same stuff and you'll be able to sue them pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just keep an eye on your credit and make sure they don't put anything there. And did you have a so, Dun and Bradstreet's account with the LLC? Uh, probably. I don't know right now. I don't remember at this time. It's yeah, been a while ago. Happen, if you happen to remember, you can go look at the Dun and Bradstreet account for the LLC and see what mm-hmm. type of information they're reporting. And if they're reporting inaccurate information, I believe in the FCRA, the definition of a person includes um, corporate entities, or there has been case law that have shown that. Okay. I just, um, there was three of us, and one of them turned out to be a bad apple, so and the other, me and the other person were good, honest people, and Things happen. Yep. It's unfortunate. I know how that goes. You've got the right attitude about it. Yep. Yeah, so. just don't tie yourself into it. Don't put your money on anything that you send back to them. Just, mm-hmm. it, you're just, it's just coming back to them from the LLC. That's all. Okay. Okay. Now, if they address it to me, then what would you do? And the LLC. Well, they wouldn't Someone address like it that. to you, and they they would have to set a, send a separate letter to you and a separate mm-hmm. letter to the LLC. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I understand. Hey, thank you very much. You've, you've cleared up the issue. Now, there's one more question, and then I'm done on this. See, it says current creditor, Ford Motor Credit, their collection account number, and then it says right below it, our account number. So that's what's well, throwing they don't, me off. They don't. Our, they don't have an account number because the only account you had was with the original creditor. Right, right, right. But uh, but these people are claiming to have an account number. This SRA associates it says our account number and then amount well, due. When you send your when you send your um, FDCPA demand for validation off your debt validation letter, once you sent that off. You know, pull up your Dun and Bradstreet and see if you had a Dun and Bradstreet report and what they're reporting. If they were reporting erroneous information there, then you want to go online and look at the FCRA and have a good read through it and see if okay. you can find an angle there where there might be a violation. Because mm-hmm. the FDCPA only applies to natural people, but the FCRA. FCRA the FCRA, as far as credit reporting goes. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, a right. furnisher is a furnisher, period. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, I still just don't understand why they would have their account number on it if they're representing Ford Motor Credit telling you make the money order out. That's what Ford debt collectors do. That's huh? what debt collectors do. That is yeah. what yeah, debt collectors do. Yeah, but if that was what paid, that money would not make it to Ford Motor Credit. It would make it to their account. They're, they're imposters. They uh-huh. are they are presenting themselves as creditors when they do it, knowing full well that under the law 
they are not now, can never be, and will never be a creditor because they made no loan or and did not extend any credit. Right, but right. if they can make you believe that, mm-hmm. it works for them. Right, right, right. So most people would just make it out to them, send it to them in New Jersey. Exactly. But credit, they would credit to their account, and Ford Motor Credit would never see a penny of it. That's how it works. So this uh, and but so they're really not representing Ford Motor Credit, then are they? Well, you you don't know that. Well, That's making if, an assumption. If they're saying you owe them the money, you know, and they're using their own account number, they're right. probably a buyer. I was going to say they probably bought it, but yeah, you don't know that. Traditional third-party debt collectors generally do not use their own account numbers. They collect under the original account number as an assignee for the mm-hmm. original creditor. Okay. Right. So that is the information that's going to come out when you debt validate them. Yeah. Right. Now, what what is the name of the company again that's trying to collect it? SRA Associates Incorporated. Right. 401-M-I-S-A. Oh, that, that's all right. Okay. Uh, SRA Associates is a nationally licensed receivables management uh, uh, organization dedicated to delivering best-in-class. Yeah, right, okay. Why you know about them? I just Googled them. Mm-hmm. I've, got their, uh, I've got their website up here, and I'm going uh, to look at their uh, uh, Better Business Bureau. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Uh-huh. Which so means they haven't gotten a lot of complaints. Right. Yeah, they're uh, they're okay. Yeah, SRA but, Associates Debt Relief Services, 401 Minnetonka Road, uh, uh, in Ella, New Jersey. So anyway, but just, just, just follow consumer, the procedure that we've talked uh, talked about. Dave, on okay. Pissed Consumer, everyone complains about the calls. They keep calling my cell, my husband, and even my job. They don't give information, but they want us to provide our phone. <laughs> we don't have any debts. Maybe it's an error, but you it's know, too much. I've, it's I've never had any. I've never had these people call me. They've never called me once. Yeah. But if and they when, do, uh, when, make sure you take notes. And uh, I had another. I had another truck with somebody else. And make sure you hours. only say you do not discuss financial information over the phone. They need to send. You That's exactly what I would say. So 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 basically, with their account, our account number on it, that money's going to go to them, not Ford Motor Credit. That was just Ford Motor Credit's collection account at the time when they had it. In my opinion, this is a charge-off, but that will come out with the debt validation letter. Or if they ignore it and go ahead and issue. A notice of judgment. Well, yes, the LLC don't have anything, so they're just out. And, and going right. by something you said in the beginning, sir, you said that you know you and another guy were good people, and the other person you you were involved turned with turned out to be a bad uh, apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turned out to be a bad apple. Don't feel any obligation when you're dealing with a fictitious entity, which is what your company was. There's no obligation to to pay any money. I mean, there's no right Personal that God expects you to pay. Yeah, the, the, there's no reason to pay the money back. People extend money, you know, and that's business risk. And it's not anything personal. Businesses borrow money all the it's time. It's like rolling and the dice. Right. So don't feel 
any, you know, like you are obligated, because you keep asking, well, who's going to get the money? Who's going to get the money? But by, by now, the original creditor wrote the whole thing off. He's right. long forgot about it, and the money's never going to get to them. And the only mm-hmm. people you're going to be able to give it to now are bad apples. And when you uh-huh. give them money, you encourage them to go after other people. Don't right. do it. One bad apple is enough. That's that's correct. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't going to pay him any money anyway. I wasn't even going to make I a settlement. Make sure. and nothing. Just do a debt validation letter and drop it, and whatever they do, they yep. do. Yeah, they could get interest. Because they can't get any money, and I understand your point on that. I I was just curious. I was just curious why they would put both account numbers on there and then say send the money to him and make the... The money wasn't able to afford motor credit. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you, sometimes you never know what kind of thoughts they've got in mind. Okay. So, well, thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate it. And already, uh, just, just okay. All right. Bye bye. Very good. Glad we could help you out there. All right. We've got several people that stuck their hand up while we were uh, talking there. So we're going to go to Northeast Ohio. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. Okay, I think that's me, huh? Uh, I think that must be you. Go ahead. Very good. Uh, I have a party that we're Oh, your your phone is fading out or something. Are you on a uh, speaker? Or? In fact, I turned it off. Go ahead, talk to us. I want to see okay. if we can hear you okay. I have a party who is being sued, and they feel that they're being sued by Bank of America. And the party that I'm helping, he feels that he didn't send a debt validation letter to the attorneys. And I said, well, you should. And he says, well, I don't really think they work directly for Bank of America. And I well, said, well, how's you find that out? And he says, I called them. And yeah, I said, well, did you get anything in writing? And they go, no. And I was just kind of wondering, would they actually be working for the Bank of America? They could be, did... but you send them a debt validation letter. Oh, you, there's no you, you reason do that. not to. Yeah. That's right. You don't yeah, hesitate to do that. There's no downside to it. Yeah, and you know, I'm having a hard time convincing this person to do that. Well, maybe they he doesn't feel want that they should go after them. the bank on uh, oh. violations of their procedures. Well, you're not going to get anywhere going after violations of their procedures. Their procedures no. are their procedures, right? So whether no it's a violation of the a violation of the law, and you start with uh, trying to uh, uh, see if you can set them up by sending a demand for validation. That's the very first thing you do. Okay. Can you do that on student loans to them? You can do it on, to any debt collector for anything. You, I, I've, I've even sent them to original creditors. Yep. There's no downside to doing that. None whatsoever. Zero. All right. I hope this person is to this tomorrow on that because I always listen to you on the archives anyhow yeah the very <laughs> worst that can happen is they ignore you <laughs> so yeah. what's the and I've had that, that and I've never heard from them again oh yeah well, I've had that happen 
send them a debt validation letter, and they disappear off the face of the earth as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's fine. You know, what's the downside to that? There's no consequences to you. Okay, very good. Okay, well, thank you. You're very welcome. All right. We're going to go to West Texas. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It was an accident. I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll mute you so you can listen. No problem. Thank you. Have a good night. You bet. You too. All right. Let's go to eastern Nebraska. And I got a feeling I know who this might be. Well, for crying out loud, how could you guess that? Oh, oh my God. It's Leroy. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know too many people that live in East Nebraska. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're well, one got, of the select few. <laughs> I got a couple of answers here. One for for um, Terry in my uh, little 1195 here, Langen Shields Pocket Merriam-Webster English Dictionary for Epiphany. Let me get my strong glasses on so I can read the fine print. And uh, we'll come to the conclusion that everybody thinks of when the, when they hear Epiphany. The first definition it says January 6th observed as a church festival in commemoration of the coming of the Magi to Jesus at Bethlehem. But here's number two: a sudden striking understanding of something. That's what most people think of an Epiphany: uh-huh. a sudden striking understanding of something. Yep. A light bulb that, moment. That kind of goes yep. right along with what I read on the uh, dictionary.com. So isn't it really, really weird that Webster's and Funk and Wagnall and Black's Law didn't have it in there? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a commonly used term. Oh, my I God, know. I had an epiphany. I I just realized that, 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 you know. Even the Mexican in Three Amigos had an epiphany. <laughs> oh man! And another thing, I was going to give an answer to the guy from Northwest Ohio when he, you know, you said to go ahead and send a validation letter. And the worst thing that could happen, like Terry said, is they never answer you well. Or like I had a company, I sent a validation letter to, and it was a little over a year. Then I got another collection letter from the same company. <coughs> And they had never validated. Oops. And the um, the seventeen hundred dollars I collected was very easy. There you go. <laughs> if you keep good records. Yes, we always talk about that. Keep good records. Keep them organized. Don't just throw stuff in a desk drawer with everything else. I have to throw in a little bit, though, because I covered this back when I did this. It's, it's been oh, a year or two ago. When I went down, I filed this in small claims court rather than in federal court. Mm-hmm. And the county clerk had never seen a, a complaint like that, and she said, well, I don't know if the judge will even accept this. I said, well, why don't you show it to the judge before you refuse it for him or yeah. her? And uh, she Since said, you well, don't know, let's find out, right? That's right. So it was about three days later, I got a call from the clerk, and she said, well, the judge accepted it. 
There you so go. I sent a, sent a copy of the uh, complaint to the company, and uh, within 10 days their lawyer was on the phone and said, what will it take to settle this? There you go. Money. Yeah, money is right. <laughs> and I had a check within 10 days. So well, that's good. You know, it, That's always a good outcome when you get a check. It does pay to keep records, and but sometimes you have to educate your your court system in a, in the county On court itself, especially right? Because they're they they've never had people do any of these things. Yeah, you have to educate it on itself sometimes. Yes. Yeah, that's even been known some, to happen in various places. Even some of the judges, you know, no nobody ever fights back. They just either give in and get the judgment or they pay them one or the other. Right. Right. I hate it when I see that. I hate it when I see it too, but we've seen it time and time and time again. Yes. In fact, that's the majority of the time. The great majority, over 90%, unfortunately. Now we're trying to change that. We're trying to change that uh, that ratio. Well, thank you, little, Leroy. Thank you for the contribution. My little 1195 dictionary I keep right here on my computer... Well, obviously, solve the mystery. I have the wrong dictionaries. You yeah, do. Barry. With all those <laughs> books got you some. gotten, and you have a wrong dictionary. It is time to update my library. Right. Throw it all out and start over. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it took That's it, not going to happen. <laughs> it literally took me like four to five days to unpack categorize and alphabetize my library and get it into those shelves. I'm telling you, I don't want to do that again. I'm sure you don't. Are you completely You're planning moved on moving now? within the next year, right? No. Terry, are you are you completely moved now? Well, except for all the boxes I still have to unpack for the oh. bathrooms and some of my office. Yeah. You're still living out of boxes in other words. Well, everything, you know, the the boxes that are left uh, are st- things that have to be stored in the various rooms, you know. And um, in my office, it's cords and everything for the setup of the computers when Internet comes, you know. But the files and and all of that, and the furniture, and everything is in place. The kitchen's done, the dining room's done, the decks are done. The garage is going to be the big, big job once we get through all of the boxes and, you know, decide and have to organize what's in storage in the garage so my husband has room to work in there. But for the most part, we're mostly done. Do you have a two-car garage with also room for your scooter? Well, it's a two-car garage, and uh, but we're not parking the cars in there. We don't want to have a storage unit like we used to have for all the Christmas <laughs> stuff and all that. And my and remember, this is two households moving together because we have my daughter's stuff and her furniture. Her right now, two sets of washers and dryers are in the garage because the homeowner has one in here, and. I told him, how silly is this? Three adults and an eight-year-old. I do laundry every single day. My daughter does laundry every day. And wearing out his washer and dryer makes no sense when we have two good sets of washers and dryers. 
but he didn't want to take it out, so, you know, whatever. But it's taken up all this space. However, half the garage now, right now, like I said, we're not organized yet, and there's still boxes yet to go through, um, is being taken up by all the boxes and storage items and all our... We already did, believe it or not, this last week. We took our first kayak trip since we've been up here. My daughter and Haley and I did. And so all of our kayaking gear and boating gear and everything is there in the front. But the Harley and the Spider have their place of honor right there in their space in the garage. Well, when it comes to kayaking, you are a sucker for punishment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and I am in the beautiful place for it. And my my son's neighbor owns a whitewater rafting business, and whenever we want a whitewater raft, he just lets us use the raft. Cost-free. I'm not the least Bert. bit envious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am loving yeah, it, uh, I'm telling you. Leroy quit doing that a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, at least a couple. <laughs> I I got you by several years, Dave. So. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, but... that's all I had to offer. So thank you kindly. Been a great. All righty. Well, thank you for the contribution. You bet. We took about a three-hour trip the other day because it was Easter vacation, and uh, so we went while Haley was out of school, and uh, the the river is nice and rough the way we like it. We had a really good time. Well, that's good. All right. Well, I'm going to see if there's anybody else that has a question. Star 8 is how you're going to uh, put your hand up in the queue. If we don't have anybody else that raises a hand, we're going to call it a night. And remember, there is no call tomorrow night, no blog talk radio tomorrow night, and uh, Terry still being without Internet will not be having a call again on Wednesday. So we just got to hang loose, so to speak. But uh, it'll be a week. It'll be next Monday on the 24th will be the next call that we have on Dallas Debt Discussion. And I don't see a hand, so we'll wrap it up. Thank you, John. Thank you, Terry, for uh, joining me tonight. Appreciate your uh, help and uh, assistance. I hope everybody has a great week, all the members. Don't forget. Just go in and use the forum. You can study in there. You can post your uh, questions and uh, get your answers. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a great intervening week. And I will talk with all of you a week from tonight on Dallas Death Discussion. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.